Mouthful! Welcome to Mouthful, the podcast. I'm Lori Lynn Barker. Mouthful, the podcast, is a podcast about food and culture and the people who are involved with all of that, and also people who make, people who make a difference, people who make art, people who make technology. The definition of mouthful is a quantity of food or drink that fills or can be put in the mouth. An example of this would be, she took a mouthful of chocolate, which I will be doing a lot because I love chocolate. The second definition is a long or complicated word or phrase that is difficult to say. Here is an example of a long, complicated word that is difficult to say. The word is scrump diddly umptious, which is basically a word that means delicious. In future episodes of Mouthful, I'll be giving you examples of long, complicated phrases and words that are hard to say. I'd like to start off first about telling you a little bit about myself. I'm a 30-year veteran of talk radio. This has been my whole career. When I was in fifth grade, my mom and dad gave me a transistor radio. I fell in love. In fifth grade, I actually knew that's what I wanted to do as a career. And of course, like all kids, you know, people were like, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a doctor. I went back and forth as I grew up on whether or not I was going to be in talk radio. So in my mid-20s, I went, guess what? I think it's time to go study radio. And here I've been ever since. And I've jumped around and been at other radio stations. I was always behind the scenes. I'm the person who produces, makes sure people know where they have to be and the spots are in and all that good fun stuff. Up until about five years ago when I got my own show, it was literally the radio story of the century. Hey, you, you want to be in radio? Go in there, do something. I got my own public affairs show called Front Range Focus on iHeartRadio. The first interview I did was a wreck, to say the least. Over the years, I have been able to bring my own spin and meet all these interesting people. And I've even won a couple of awards, which I'm really proud of. I'm pretty impressed that I've won awards for a public affairs show. After this, a couple years ago, I was asked to co-host a segment, Let's Eat, a segment that I did with Michael Brown, the focus being food. This opened a whole new world for me. I'd always been out in the world talking to people who make. It's always been fascinated. It's like, how do you make that cheese? Where does that cheese come from? Where does that chocolate come from? I have to take a class. How do I do this? So Let's Eat opened up a whole new world for me. While all this was going on, my husband Art and I were always trying new food and going to new places and experimenting with different flavors One of these days, I'll tell you about the experiment that Art did with the spaghetti sauce and cloves, but that's this is not the time or place to talk about that experience. Over the years, we fell in love with the local food scene, especially the craft food scene. I'm lucky enough to live in a state where craft food and the whole craft movement is alive and kicking. The people in the craft food scene are some of the most caring, creative people I've ever met. If you're looking for help with something, they will sit down and talk to you and give you ideas on how to be successful. This is amazing because the experiences that some people have had, it's like, oh, don't look at that. That's my trade secret. 
in the craft food business, I'm not finding that. I'm finding that, hey, I can't get my chocolate to temper, and three chocolatiers run forward and say, hey, I can help you. You want to come help? So I'm really impressed with what's happening with the craft food business. I just did an interview for my local public affairs show that was with Colorado Proud, and she backed me up on that idea. She said, our local people here are just amazing, very friendly, very helpful. They'll help everybody. And Colorado was kind of on the forefront of this local food movement and the craft food movement. So it's something that we've kind of always had as long as I can remember. I was there at the beginning of the craft food movement, and now I'm still here, and now I'm talking about it to you. I live in a rural farm town, which is unusual for as active and social as I am. But this farm town's only 20 minutes from downtown, so why not live in farm town, enjoy all the awesome organic food out there, and still be able to go down and hang out and be hip and happening? While living up there, I've discovered amazing local organic farms. And in future episodes, I hope to expose you to some of these. There's also a trend where more and more restaurants are starting their own farms, a true farm-to-table experience, and I hope to bring some of those to you also. The reason I wanted to do the podcast was because I leaned into my love of food. For the longest time, I was like, no, 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 I'm not a foodie. No, I don't. I No, I'm not a foodie. You can't classify me as a foodie. And all of a sudden I went, why not lean into it? You're a foodie. You love food. You love to make food. You love to experience food. I leaned into it. I'm fascinated by it. After all, we all need food to live. And if you don't have food, then we don't live. So that's why I am a foodie and I am doing this podcast. I love the culture of food. It brings people together. I want to get people comfortable with experimenting with food and flavors and spices. I also want to bring attention to the different people who are making our food and the effect that it has on people. Think about the memories that are associated with food. An example would be just today, I was craving cinnamon. And it was a certain flavor of cinnamon. It was a cinnamon twist that I used to get in a diner in downtown when I got my first job right out of high school. The ladies and I would go to this little diner right around the corner, worked at Lane Bryant on the 16th Street Mall, and we'd go around to this corner, little hole, I can't even remember the name of it, but they had these cinnamon twists and they were amazing and they'd put them on the flat grill and they'd get them all warmed up and the sugar and the butter and the cinnamon would all caramelize and they would serve it to you on a hot plate and it was all hot and you'd put butter on it. It was amazing. The problem is, is the diner's closed. I can't get them anymore, but I have this great memory working women sitting around a table in a diner sharing what they did last night preparing for the day ahead of them meanwhile enjoying just basic breakfast food food also brings family and friends together i was recently reminded that i actually know what figgy pudding is my grandmother used to make it for christmas every year so i was explaining to somebody what figgy pudding is And figgy pudding isn't what most Americans know as pudding. Figgy pudding is made with meal and lard and mincemeat, and it's flavorful, as you can imagine, and it's made with figs, hence figgy pudding. She used to put pennies in it, which I just had never heard of. 
And the pennies were for if you found the penny, you would have good luck all year. Now, it didn't have the best taste, but what made it was she made bourbon sauce. So you just slathered it in bourbon sauce and looked for the penny. And this was a Christmas tradition we had up until my grandmother passed away. I love to tell this story because it keeps the memory of my grandmother alive. And the other thing is, I actually know what figgy pudding tastes like. I'm not really a shy person, never have been a shy person, which is kind of interesting because my mom's extremely shy and my grandfather was extremely shy. And they say that shyness is hereditary, but it just kind of jumped over me. So I'm not a shy person. I can talk to people. I love talking to people. I love sitting down in the middle of a crowd and socializing. I'm not what you call an introvert. I'm definitely an extrovert. Other than food, I have other interests. In my spare time, I try to garden. I'm hoping to have a plant expert on one of my podcasts so she can help me garden. I knit. I love to knit. I love to go from animal to the final product. Several friends of mine, I know several people that actually raise their animals, harvest the fiber, card the fiber, weave the fiber, spin the fiber, and then sell the fiber, or they create wonderful garments. And I hope on this podcast to expose them to you. I also make my own chocolate. Now, the love of chocolate is very strong in me. I love chocolate. I looked at my husband one day and said to him, you know what? I think I'm going to make chocolate. Signed up for a class in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and here we are a year later, and I'm making my own chocolate. In this podcast, I will talk about chocolate. Not over, because there is no such thing as over-talking about chocolate for me, but I will expose you to some of the local chocolatiers and some of the not-so-local chocolatiers, and you're going to learn how chocolate's made and how some of the properties it has and some of the history. So I'm looking really forward to sharing chocolate stories with you. The other thing I make is my own cheese. The only reason I make my own cheese is one day I was bored and it came up on my Facebook and it said, hey, you want to take a cheese class? It's only X amount of dollars. And I said, why, yes, I want to take a cheese class. I'm going to sign up for a cheese class. Next thing you know, four cheese classes later. So I make my own cheese, not all the time, but I do have the knowledge and I do have all the equipment so I can make my cheese. I can whip up a burrata at the drop of a hat. Another thing you need to know about me is my musical taste because it does have a lot to do with food and people who make, because I people who make music. My musical tastes are so varied. I will listen to everything except for country and please don't hold that against me. <laughs> I go to concerts. I've been going to concerts since I was 14 years old, and I love going to concerts. I have Mumford & Sons coming up soon. My husband and I are going to Taos to see Sting. We're definitely music people. And underneath all of that, I'm a geek. I love Marvel movies. I love animated movies. I like rom-coms. I was a Game of Thrones fan, still am a Game of Thrones fan. I was a Game of Thrones fan from the very beginning, and no, I haven't read the books. I like reality TV. I don't watch a lot of reality TV. I have my 
little things that I watch, a couple of shows. The reason I bring up reality TV and Game of Thrones is because I actually will plan dinners around whatever we're watching. So when the Game of Thrones at the very end of the series, every meal was based on something from Game of Thrones. One of the things I perfected was the deviled dragon eggs. And I will post that on my Facebook and the recipes so other people can enjoy the goodness that was deviled dragon eggs. Also, don't hold this against me. I happen to be a parrot head. I've been a parrot head since I was 14 years old. I blame my parents. And if you don't know what a parrot head is, a parrot head is basically somebody who loves Jimmy Buffett. I have seen Jimmy Buffett once a year since I was 14, and I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I have seen him a lot. Sometimes I've seen him twice in one year. My husband married me despite me being a parrot head, so don't hold that one against me. In Mouthful the Podcast, I'm going to bring you some fascinating people that I've had the pleasure of having in my life. Mouthful won't be all food related, but some of the people I will talk to will be people who make a difference in the world. For example, I have a podcast coming up with Maurice. Maurice is a man my husband and I met while we were playing Left for Dead on Xbox. We basically met in a chat room. We just started talking, we clicked, and just kept talking to this man. He's about our age, so we were like, hey, that's cool, really enjoyed him. But over the years, and we're talking years we've known this man, over the years, he's just one of the most fascinating characters in men we've ever met. His story is amazing and not food-related, but it's what he has done to have a positive impact on the world is what makes him a great guest. I can't even do him justice in a simple description. When I talk to him, I'll also talk to his wife, who in her own right is a fascinating person. Doing Mouthful the podcast has been a journey, has been just an extreme learning experience. Most people think, oh, I'll just jump on and do a podcast. Why not? Let's just do a podcast. It's simple as that, but there's so many other things that go behind it. And it's been a very strong learning curve for me. I've always been very active on social media. And so I was ready for Twitter and I was ready for Facebook and I was ready for Instagram, but I wasn't ready for, oh, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. I am very active on all the social media platforms. But then I was thrown, oh, you have to do LinkedIn. Why do I have to do LinkedIn? Oh, LinkedIn's really good. So now I'm on LinkedIn. So you'll have to come along with me as I learn how to do LinkedIn. Don't you just feel smarter when you're listening to this? I know I do. The free stuff on this site is really, really good. But you'll also love the stuff that comes with your premium membership. Just $4.99 a month because we want it to be accessible to everyone. And let's face it, we spend way more than that on a coffee. And it hardly helps you have a fabulous life like we do. Join today at ladieschitchatclub.com. That's ladieschitchatclub.com. We're going to make your life better. So we'd really appreciate the help. Oh, and there are no commercial breaks. Let's get back to what we we were doing now. I really hope you enjoy Mouthful, the podcast, and learn a couple things along the way. This is a passion project. This is coming from my heart. I love food. I love chocolate. I love people. Enjoy Mouthful, and please share with me what you think of Mouthful, or if you want to suggest a guest, 
please email me. My email address is mouthfulthepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can look for me on all the social media platforms. I'm on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I am on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. So if you need to get a hold of me, I'm very easy to get a hold of. Mouthful is sponsored by CCF Documentation. Let CCF develop your e-learning or instructional video training from training assessment to course creation and LMS administration. CCF is your one-stop training resource. Check them out at ccfdocumentation.com. I think I want to round out this first podcast with an interview I did a couple of weeks ago. It's about pork rinds. I had a lot of people go, pork rinds, why would you want to do pork rinds? It's fascinating. I found out some amazing things about pork rinds. On this first episode of Mouthful, I'd like to introduce you to Mark Singleton, Vice President of Marketing for Southern Recipes Small Batch, and we'll be talking pork rinds. Mark, tell me what a pork rind is. We, we kind of know what a pork rind is, but tell us exactly what a pork rind is. Oh, my gosh, it's crunchy bacon. I mean, it, 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 it's actually the skin of a pig that we take and we smoke for four hours, and then we cook it for another three, and it becomes that light, airy, delectable, high-protein snack that is just <laughs> taking over America. It is taking over America, and I think that pork rinds have always gotten a bad rap. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we're a genius junk food. Men's Health Magazine said so, but there are people eating pork rinds today. They would just as soon have kissed a pig as eating them <laughs> even two or three years ago. I remember growing up, and my father loved pork rinds, and he would put hot sauce on it, Tabasco. You know, we actually include hot sauce packages with a lot of our products today. Right. And you're here to talk about your small batch products. Tell me what the small batch product is. Well, about about... I guess six years ago, I started noticing that our consumer was getting a little bit older and that, 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 that consumption wasn't being passed down to generation to generation. And I also noticed that no one had written me any fan mail saying, hey, could you put some more yellow number seven in this or how about some more <laughs> MSG? And, and, and so I thought, you know, maybe there's a market for a pork rind that has a little um, – that, that we take 40% of the salt out of, that we get all the MSG out of, that we take all the things that people really don't want in their food, the yellow number seven, the red number five, and, and, and really make an ingredient deck that, that, that they could understand. And that's what we did with, with Southern Recipe Small Batch. And boy, Heidi, as it worked. Tell people what Small Batch is. Well, you know, all of our, our, our pork rinds are made in batches. And, 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 that way, we really control the quality, and we've been doing this since 1955, and we really think Small Batch is the best pork rind we've ever made, and it's got incredible flavors. I mean, kimchi barbecue, sea salt and cracked pepper, spicy dill, pineapple ancho, just things that you never thought you'd see on a pork rind. You actually have one that has a blueberry in it. Black, yeah, blackberry habanero. Blackberry. Oh, it's amazing. And that one is actually baked. We even have baked options out there for people who are wanting to cut the calories just a little bit more. Tell us how health-friendly these pork rinds are, like they're keto-friendly and some other things. Yeah, you know, and I, please go to Men's Health Magazine, and, and they did an article on, uh, called Genius Junk Food. 
and and and, and basically 60% of our fat is oleic acid, like olive oil. Uh, our pork lines are basically all protein. They're collagen. So we're talking about eight grams of protein, zero carbs, and a very clean ingredient deck and a great tasting product. So whether you're using it as um, uh, in nachos, ballparks and stadiums all over America are serving pork rind nachos for people who don't want corn chips or, or tortilla chips. I've actually they are looking for protein. I've actually seen that trend where people are now making nachos out of pork rinds. Well, not, not just people in individuals, but ballparks and stadiums all across America, including, uh, you know, Texas Stadium uh, it, it, right here in Dallas, the uh, ballpark in Arlington. All of those places serve pork rinds, uh, but it's not just there. We've got them in the Ritz-Carlton even. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's just total change from even five or six years ago. And it's all because of keto awareness. And I get emails and fan mail from keto clubs all over America. And this thing is working for people. Right. I mean, the diet actually works. And they're not forced to eat rice cakes or, even worse, not eat at all. And, and, and so when you've got something that tastes great, that works, and that so few people had actually tried before, yeah, sales are up pretty good right now. <laughs> That's good to hear. And on your website, you have pork rind recipes. And I think a lot of people think you just eat pork rind. You can't do anything with it. Some of the recipes include like using it as a coating and then making it and then coating your asparagus with it. My, the skinny dipping chicken wings in there are amazing. It's like wrapping a chicken wing in crunchy bacon and baking it. The, the, the crusted asparagus is amazing. Um, the jalapeno poppers are amazing. Uh, it's just anything that you would like to replace gluten-based breading with, you can replace it with pork rinds and have a protein-based breading. I'm now looking at your website, and I'm sitting here, and my mouth is drooling. I want to try the sweet rind granola, and I also want to try the pub mix, and then I want to go for the breakfast casserole. And, and that's the coolest thing. These are not our recipes. These are from fans and, and then people that have contacted us that want to share with it, and I encourage all of your listeners, if you've got a great keto recipe, give us a call. Email me at porklines.com. We'll get it on the website. We'll give you credit for it. And we'll share your great idea with people all over the world. And Southern Recipe Small Batch also has a contest this summer. Oh, yes, ma'am. You know, uh, years ago, we got uh, Super Bowl Sunday uh, uh, named Pork Rind Appreciation Day. And ever since then, we've been looking for opportunities to reach out to customers in new ways. And our newest customer outreach program is our Summer Snack Packing Contest which is supporting a great charity, Blessings in a Backpack. And this campaign will benefit the Blessings in a Backpack organization that works to make sure underprivileged children get meals on the weekend as well as at school. It's an amazing program that sends kids home with backpacks full of nutritional, satisfying food on Friday so they don't have to wonder all weekend where their meals are going to come from. And Southern Recipe is so proud to get back to the community and partner with this great organization. And how do people participate in the contest? Well, every two weeks, fans can go to our website and try to solve a location-specific riddle that teases the location of Southern Recipe Small Batch. We'll highlight fun events and locations across the country all summer with these questions. And every two weeks, we'll randomly select a winner 
who will receive a case of small batch pork rinds and a $200 Visa gift cards. At the end of the summer, one grand prize will be, winner will be chosen, and they will receive a year's supply of Southern Recipe small batch pork rinds, a six-month subscription to a keto crate, and $1,500 in cash. Wow. And this all goes back into the community. Absolutely. You know, at Rudolph Foods and Southern Recipe, we're just proud to get back to all of our communities and partner with people, you know, that are just doing such great things as the Blessings in a Backpack team. Just amazing, great work they're doing out there feeding our kids across America. Where can people find Southern Recipe Small Batch? Oh, gosh. You know, in your market, we're in King Supers, we're in Kroger's all over, we're in World Market, Speedway, Target, um, just in grocery stores and convenience stores all across America. And you can even get them on Amazon.com. Absolutely. Uh, and you can go to our website at www.porkrinds.com and order them directly from us as well. Well, what's coming up next for the pork rind industry? You know, we've never seen anything like this. So many people have tried pork rinds for the very first time, whether it's in a restaurant or because of keto. And, and so we're going to continue to try and come out with great tasting flavors and things that really get our our, our, our customers excited about uh, about our our, 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 our our great tasting snacks. Uh, the latest two, I mean, they're amazing. Our Cuban mojo and our Thai curry are unbelievably great flavors. And they're not hot and spicy, so they really expand the eating occasion uh, for, for, for our snacks. I like the fact on your website that you have recipes for cocktails and mocktails for people who don't drink alcohol. We really believe that, that today's consumers and today's uh, foodies want new, innovative, they want experiences. And so we're trying to do everything we can do to put things on our website that interest them, that educate them, and that more than anything else, let them know how much we appreciate their business. I do have a question for you. What is the difference between a cracklin, a pork rind, and a chicharron? Okay, chicharron is the Hispanic word for pork rinds. Oh, okay. So that one's really simple, just chicharron. Uh, a difference between a cracklin and a pork rind is the skin it's made from. Pork rinds are made from the backs and bellies, and they're very light and fluffy. It's kind of like the California roll of pork rinds. <laughs> Cracklins are made from the butt plate or the shoulder skin. They have an, a quarter inch of fat attached, and that's a little more authentic, a little, uh, it's certainly got a, a very robust taste, a little harder bite. And if you ever have cooked a whole hog with the skin on, that's what the skin tastes like when you cook it that way. So that crackling has an amazing following out there amongst traditional pork rind consumers. And I suppose these all came from when people used the whole animal when they were slaughtering and preparing and dressing the pig. As near as we can tell, about 8,000 years ago, somebody decided that pig tasted pretty good <laughs> and the skin tasted great. And then here we are now, and you've got a, the Southern Recipe small batch pork rinds coming. Yes, ma'am, because, you know, it's... it's if you look back at the heritage of pig, nothing on the pig is wasted. Zero on the pig is wasted. So the skin has always been a big part of the tradition of eating pork. And today, consumers have figured out that the skin is not 
fried fat, it's fried skin, it's collagen, it's high in protein, it's zero carbs, gluten-free, and really a great-tasting alternative when you want something crunchy. And, you know, I've got a diabetic grandson, and pork rinds are the only salty snack he should eat. Wow. And I think that's where the misconception came from. You touched on it earlier. Everyone always assumed that pork rinds were fat. Right. This keto thing has just been an opportunity to have to talk to people and educate them about what really is going on and really expose them to what, once again, Men's Health Magazine calls a genius junk food. Well, tell people how they can get a hold of you. Are you on social media? Oh, my gosh. Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. Instagram, all of them were on, all of them. Please uh, look at uh, Southern Recipe Small Match on Facebook. Join up. We send out messages and recipes about every two hours. <laughs> it's a very active page, and you will love some of the stuff we're coming, uh, we're coming to, the, to the market with and talking to our, our, our friends and our customers uh, because, you know, um, we're a family-owned company, and we really believe that, that making great-tasting food is about the best job in the whole world. And if people have any suggestions on how they're using their pork rinds or if they oh what, what they're drinking with their pork rinds, they can contact you with the recipe? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We have a contact uh, button on our website at southernrecipesmallbatch.com or porkrinds.com, either one. And every customer, I read every single email every day and answer all of them that are, are, are the ones that I can actually answer. Some of them are, you know, somebody wanting to sell us film or this, that, or the other. But please contact us. Please tell us how you're using our products. Please give us your recipes. Boy, we'll help spread the word of your great idea. Well, now we know everything about pork rinds, but we're afraid to ask. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, most of all, we just, if people will try them, they'll like them. Thanks to Mark Singleton, Vice President of Marketing for Southern Recipe Small Batch. The website for more information is southernrecipesmallbatch.com. And don't forget to follow them on social media. I can hardly wait to try some of their recipes. I will post some of these pictures to my Facebook and Instagram. And to tell the truth, how many of you are going to try the nachos made with pork rinds? That may be on our table for football season this year. And if you have pictures or recipes or any ideas, please feel free to email me at mouthfulthepodcast at gmail.com. The next time on Mouthful, I'll be talking to Maurice McBride. He's simply amazing. He's the man I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Look for it next week. And then the next week after that, I will follow up with the interview with his wife. Mouthful is brought to you by CCF Documentation. Are you looking to get your new employees trained quicker and with better consistency? Is your technical documentation a mess? Then CCF Documentation is the place for you. Specializing in aligning your technical documentation and employee training, CCF is at the forefront of providing effective and measurable training outcomes, customized to your company culture at a price that will fit your budget. Whether you are looking to create a company-wide e-learning training program or you want to create training content for your customers, CCF Documentation has a solution you need. Contact CCF at ccfdocumentation.com. 
Look for me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And feel free to reach me at mouthfulthepodcast at gmail.com. And I'd like to thank the Ladies Chit Chat Club, because without the Ladies Chit Chat Club, I guess I wouldn't be doing a podcast. One of the things I'd like to suggest on the Ladies Chit Chat Club is the Ladies Chit Chat Club show. That's a mouthful, as we'd like to say. Give it a listen. You never know what topic we're going to do. We've done topics from Jason Momoa to Free the Nipple Movement. Look for it at ladieschitchatclub.com. And don't forget to like us. On every social media, like us. Like us on our website. Just like us. To end the show, I'm going to tell you a little story. I once saw an actual product on As Seen on TV product, and they're called Stay Fresh Cheese Bags. I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, I love it so much that I thought it sounded like a perfect sign-off or something you say to people as you're leaving a room. I've posted a picture of it on my Facebook page, so it is an actual product. So with that being said, with Mouthful, I'm Lori Lynn Barker. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Mouthful!